0: For a radio. What community sounds
1: like? State.
0: Welcome to episode 46 of Tap the Craft. My name is Denny Luce, and along with my buddy John Ream, we are going to guide you on your craft journey by passing on our knowledge and our experiences to you, the listener. We are recording this show on Tuesday, April 26, 2016, and in this episode, we will be discussing John's and mine road trip, or at least my road trip, to the Washington Beer Collaboration Festival. Uh, we're also going to talk about a little bit of uh of insight into John's birthday he just celebrated this last weekend and I was there for and 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 we had some good times as well as a article on the 15 coffee beers you must drink and of course all of our wonderful banter that John and I like to provide you guys on a bi-weekly basis but before we get into all that fun let's just uh, see how you're doing John H- have you recovered from that big old bash we had this weekend,
1: I have you know, and that's surprising. I'm getting up in the years now, and I can still <laughs> bounce back like I was, like I could when I was younger. You know. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice.
0: All right, so, I mean, did anything special happen besides the beer festival we went to? Did you uh, anything else? Uh, you know, I mean, I know I was there. I know we brewed some beer, or at least
1: you brewed beer, and I watched. Yeah, we brewed brewed a pale ale. You picked out the hops, got some uh, Equinox, mosaic in there. Mm. Uh, Almost a flawless brew day. Had a little leak at the end that lost some beer. But hey, we recovered. (laughs) Got it all in there. But yeah, and then uh, my wife surprised me with a bourbon barrel, uh, a little two-and-a-half-gallon bourbon barrel. Mm. So I'm going to brew up some of my Imperial Stout and throw that in there. And uh, see what kind of tastiness I can get out of it. Yeah, so. th-
0: that'll that'll be good. That'll be good. I, you know, I had uh, a glass uh, of your imperial stout that you brewed last year. Now, wh- how long ago did you brew that one? I know I had it when I came to visit you in September time frame. Yeah, I think that was
1: April ish of last year. Oh, really? I so it's
0: a year. It's a year old. Yeah. Okay. So that one, uh, I was when, when you poured me a glass of that the other day, uh, you know, I always before I take a sip, I always you know take a big whiff of the glass to see what you know to get an idea what I'm going to be experiencing in the flavor. And oh my gosh, it took me a, a back by a minute because it smelled like it was going to be super super strong boozy, but I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't as boozy. the, the aroma definitely comes off. Strong, but the flavor was just right. So my fear, John, is that now you're gonna you're gonna pop this imperial into that barrel. You think it's gonna go crazy with the you know with the bourbon, or are you gonna do something to try to tone it down a little bit?
1: Well, I just have to not let it be in there too long. Try to pull it, and okay. uh, I just I just looked it up, and I brewed that that batch of the Russian Imperial Stout. On my birthday last year, so it was oh. a year old.
0: Uh, well, there we go. It, so. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, I mean,
0: to the day, <laughs> a year old—that's a great celebration. I didn't even realize I was toasting your 20 birthday. On, oh wait, was I supposed to give away your birthday?
1: That's eh, fine. Okay, I'm thirty
0: doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, excellent, excellent. Yeah, so have you know what we didn't do is we didn't taste a wart this time. How did the did you have a chance to taste a wart?
1: Uh, I did. Well, I, I tasted it uh, before I pitched the yeast. Okay. Um, I took a sample and took a gravity reading and uh, tasted it. Uh, I think it's going to turn out. so. Good. Uh, I think we'll have a, a nice beer on our hands. Okay. you just have to come back and visit so you can have some. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I know. Or you just need to bring it to me. Come on, I don't just, know about that. Just, just hop in the car, bring a six pack, and just uh, we'll drink it together. Yeah, yeah. This friendship's more of a one-way street, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, okay, no problem, no problem. But hey, we did have a great time. Uh, I, I really enjoyed spending time with you and and your family and your friends, and we'll get more into that when we talk about that Washington beer collaboration festival because that, you know we have a lot to talk about there. But you know, um. We've already been chatting a little bit, and uh, we need to wet our whistles with some craft beer. So, John, tell me that you didn't drink too much, and you still have a taste for craft beer today.
1: Oh, yeah. I've had quite a few since the weekend. Oh, good. You know. uh, But I am drinking tonight a a beer that you were kind enough to bring out to me, and that is the Powderhouse uh, First Turns IPA.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: This thing clocks in at 6.5%. And is uh, really nice. Uh, it's got a really firm bitterness. Um, a bit more, and it, it might be too aggressive yeah. uh, in, in that. But uh, really nice pine and and uh, kind of a, a little bit of a resiny kind of thing in there. Um, but really strong piney hops. And I'm enjoying it so far. Well, good.
0: Good. And you know what's nice about it? It's 6.5. It's not crazy in the ABV. So it's... You know, I, I kind of appreciate those going a little bit more old school and bringing that ABV down just a hair for the IPA. I don't need to have every IPA at seven and a half
1: percent or whatever. So it's good. Six and a half is a nice, solid IPA. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So how about you, Danny? What are you What are you drinking tonight?
0: Well, I am drinking a beer from your part of town that I brought back with me when you know after I left your place on Sunday. You said, "Hey, there's a store right down the street." They have Black Raven, uh, they have a decent craft beer selection, and they have some Black Raven there. Go check it out and see if I can, you know, find some things I haven't had. And sure enough, they had a couple things that I hadn't had, and this is one of them. It's the Black Raisin Cocoa Jones Coconut Porter. And uh, it's it's a nice 22-ounce bottle. I've already drank half of it while waiting for John to get ready for the show. But I still got a whole pint here in my uh, in my hand, and it's... Uh, it's nice. It's got a very nice, uh, the mouthfeel is really nice. It's, it's a full more fuller uh, porter, which, you know, that's the way I like my dark beers a little bit fuller. And, uh, it's got an, it's got a good chocolate, a little chocolate flavor in there too, but not too strong. And the coconut is very subtle. So, uh, if you don't necessarily like coconut, then this beer is definitely one that you wouldn't be offended by. And if you do like coconut, Hey, it's, it's still good. Um, how do I rate this against the Maui Brewings Coconut Porter? Uh, sorry, John. I think I give the the nod up to the Maui just because <laughs> I like having that little bit extra coconut in there, that,
1: that flavor, because I'm a coconut nut. That's all right. I prefer it a little more subtle. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I was able to tell you to go pick this up because they have moved this beer from being seasonal to year-round, and mm. it's now, like, part of their consistent distribution uh, which is going to hurt my wallet because Kristen kind of has a standing order that I'm supposed to pick this up when I see it. Oh, my so gosh. I'm, I might have to modify that now that it's available all the time. <laughs> uh, otherwise, uh could be in trouble here. <laughs> you, you could you could be in trouble. But
0: uh, I will say that the price point isn't too bad. Now, I didn't have the, the the magic little savings card that they had, but you know that guy that I bought the beer from was kind enough to use his card for me, and I got to get the savings. So it, I picked up four bombers for 20 bucks. That's not too bad, five buck uh, per bottle. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, I feel pretty, pretty pleased with that purchase. But I got two of these coconut porters because I wanted to drink one on the show tonight with you, John, and I wanted to share one with my son when he comes over next Sunday because he also enjoys these darker beers. And I will say, Black Raven has just some awesome labels. I I am really impressed with with their labels. I, they don't, uh, they never disappoint for sure. And one more note is that the bottle date of this, uh, beer is my daughter's 21st birthday. So wow. What's how could it, how could it be not even better than that? That, you know, that that, it's just perfect. So yeah, that
1: one was safe for you to pick. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was meant to be meant to be. Okay. Well, you know, since we're still, you know, warming up and we drank a lot of beers, over the last couple of weeks uh, let's talk about a couple of the ones we want to you know identify to our listeners that they might want to pick up if they come their way and john i'm sure with all this beer drinking you've been doing you've got to have at least a couple noteworthy beers you want
1: to share yeah so i'm going to mention a couple from after the festival oh uh, yeah that, that we had or that i had and uh the first one i'll mention is uh from the, the stop we made right after the festival, Cloudburst Brewing, uh, it's a place that just opened up about six months ago, uh, just north of the Pike Place Market in downtown Seattle, um, and that's the Hohe Handclap, Clap, uh, which is a dry hop pale ale, and it's made with Idaho seven hops. Oh! Uh, so, I've been trying to f- find more information on Idaho seven hops, but uh, it's not uh returning well on uh search engines just because it's kind of leaving out the number seven and just searching idaho hops Ah, so (laughs) it's uh not doing well but apparently uh sierra nevada did a single hop beer with it uh last year Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was really nice uh and it was it was a really nice transition from the festival uh just a nice easy to drink pale ale um and i really enjoyed that beer um so, uh, that, that was a really good one. And I'm uh, this was my first experience with Cloudburst, and I, I think everybody there found something they enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, putting a really nice stout that a lot of people ordered and uh, was really nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I feel bad that I was busy chatting with you guys, drinking my beer, and I didn't even pay attention to get a, a taste of the of the stout. I, I missed out on that one, but I did taste that uh, ho ho hey and I did enjoy that. That was a good pail. So I, yeah, they, they're making some decent beer there. And another side note is that Idaho Seven Hops. I just had a beer with those hops also, and it was brewed by a home brewer, an Israeli home brewer that is now living here. He had taken some of these hops back with him to Israel, brewed a beer for his going away party to to give to all of his coworkers workers uh, to, to say, hey, farewell. Don't remember, remember me. With the good beer, and he actually brought me one back with him when he came uh, here, and I drank it last week, and it was very good, and uh, I was very impressed with his, with his pale ale and his his pale. Uh, I'm trying to find. I have the bottle here. It's, it was also I appreciated that it was a very low, like a four and a half percent pale, no four point two percent. So, I uh, I mean, it was a, it was a true pale that was not you know. Not on the IPA range; it was more on the the normal pale, and it had a very good hop, like a a variety of flavors out of those hops. I really, I really enjoyed it. So that's just that's that's bizarre that we each you know had a beer that was made from a hop that we had never really, not really familiar with, but but tastes good.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna see if I can get my hands on some of this. So good. Um.
0: It was, it was really nice. Okay,
1: maybe I need to run
0: by and grab a, uh, a hand full of full it for you when I come see you next. Bring it with
1: me. Yeah, straight from the source. Yeah, <laughs> fresh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the other beer that I'll mention um, uh, was at our dinner stop, and I had the Sumerian Eruption uh, Double IPA, uh, and – this was a really nice uh, beer to finish off my my day, um, and thankfully the waitstaff there uh, <laughs> did not allow my my friend Pete to order me the yard of uh, <laughs> the double IPA. They told him it was too much alcohol, um, so I, I just stuck with my pint. But uh, thankfully, from that shenanigans, he also paid for my beer, so that that's a win for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, all that aside, <laughs> it was really solid, uh, Mm. beer and really easy to drink. Um, which, uh, you know, is saying something after a day full of drinking that I still wanted to drink this double (laughs) IPA. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, just really well done. And, uh, you know, if if you can get your hands on it, definitely check it out.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. Now you, you gave uh, me a sip of that and I, I have to, agree with you john it was fantastic i really enjoy the flavors of that one now sumerian is that a washington brewery or is that a another state you know where they're from or
1: uh they are from uh here um it is local probably not distributed too widely but okay um yeah they're i think they're up in the windville area like where black raven is up in that area okay
0: okay well well, I had to keep my uh, put on my list of breweries I should try because that was uh, damn tasty. That means I want more of it. So, yeah, gotta go, you gotta go. You gotta go to the source sometimes.
1: <laughs> That's right. All right, Danny. What what do you wanna talk about? What what beers uh, piqued your interest?
0: Well, I wasn't going to leave Seattle again without visiting Rubens Brews. I've been wanting to go to that place for for a while now. And I had a, a perfect opportunity, and I took my son along with me on this trip. So it was a father-son, you know, road trip, and we, uh, you know, we just, I, you know, he's new into craft beer, and he just wanted, you know, it's nice to be able to try a bunch of stuff. And this collaboration beer festival was his first. Well, I take it back, his second beer festival. His first one was when we went to that Payette Black Friday, and that was all big dark beers. This one was a little bit more easy on his system because these beers weren't all above 10% alcohol. So he was able to (laughs) go and sample a variety of different things. And, and, uh, but that's, I don't want to get sidetracked on that, but he and I went to, to Ruben's brews and we tried a number of their beers and I'll tell you what, every one of them was really, really good. I instantly fell in love with this brewery. I just, I mean, if I was living in that area, I'd be visiting there all the time. Uh, they had, they normally have like 24 things on tap. They were a little bit light that the day we went, they had only like, I think they had 20 things on tap.
1: Yeah. Hopefully you could manage. With yeah. That.
0: Yeah. I could manage. <laughs> and they, and, and the variety was insane of all the different stuff they had, but let me just cover a couple of a few of the the ones that were really really noteworthy in my book. And I'm going to start off with the one I gave a 5 cap rating to. It's the Hibiscus Goza. And I'll tell you what, if you are a fan or even if you're not a fan but you want to get into a Goza, uh, the two Gozas that Rubens put out are very very good. I think the regular Goza is one definitely an entry level Goza person that doesn't like super tart things would be able to enjoy, and if you like a little bit more tartness and flavor than the hibiscus one is right up your alley. Uh, it was absolutely perfect, uh, even with the the bright rose colored uh, coloring. It it just it was perfect. So that that was my five cap rating. Then I had uh, a couple four point fives. There was a robust porter. That was everything I enjoy in a robust porter, uh, top, top notch. I, I have nothing negative to say. Then there was a foreign export stout, and this was also a four-and-a-half cap rating in my book. It, had, uh, it, was, it was a lot of flavor, a lot of roasted malt, along with a little bit of, I believe this one had a little bit of smokiness to it, and it was just enough. That it wasn't overpowering. Normally, I don't like smoky beers. This one, it was, you know, having the roasted malts and the a uh, little bit of dryness to it uh, with the smokiness was just a perfect balance, and I really enjoyed that stout. I don't remember, John. Have you had the Foreign Export Stout before?
1: Yeah, yeah, what? it's good.
0: Yeah, uh, that, I mean, this is one I could. I mean, all, all three of these I could drink every day. And then the last one I'm going to mention is also a five-cap rating. It's the Imperial Rye IPA. And it was everything I enjoy in an Imperial IPA and everything I enjoy in a rye IPA to boot. It had some really, really great flavors in there, the rye spiciness. And um, I think I wrote a couple other notes in there that I can't remember off the top of my head. But I, when I had that one, I, you know, it just blew my socks off and I had to give it a five cap rating. So th- those are my Rubens brews that I really had to, to let you guys know. If you guys get in Seattle, go to, f- up, to f- up towards Fremont and uh, visit this place and try their beers, you won't be disappointed.
1: Yeah, especially if you like rye because they do rye really well. Oh, yeah. So uh, right. across a multitude of styles, not just IPAs. Um, so definitely yeah. one to check out if you want rye
0: in your beer. Yep, yep. Yep. And while I was in that area, down the street is Fremont Brewing. So we had to stop there and try out some Fremont beers. And the one that I want to mention that I really like, this is all for all of our Oregon peeps out there who are, you know, getting Fremont Brewing in your area. They have a beer that's only going to be distributed to Oregon. So you guys are lucky ones. I was lucky enough because they tapped the keg at the brewery. And so I got to get a sample off of that. But this is the independent IPA, and it's an all-citra, a citra hop IPA, and it is fantastic. It had, uh, you know, it had, a, it had uh, some, some citrus and pineapple-y type flavors in there. It just was a little bit sweet at times, but didn't, you know, finished off dry. It had a sweet up front, a little bit, you know, dryness, and It was everything I like in an IPA. Uh, I I really enjoyed, liked it. So, John, maybe you know you need to experiment with doing a an all Citra IPA. I, I would not be opposed to that. Okay, yeah. okay, but 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 now, John, everybody is waiting to find out if you were able to make some ground on me after everyone knows that we were drinking together this weekend, and I'm sure that you know we we were probably hand in hand, but maybe you pulled away a little bit. On yeah,
1: you know, early in the year, I had this this weekend circled as this is when I'm <laughs> going to make my move. And then you said, "Hey, I'm going to come out for that." And I said, "Well, great, uh, but I'm not gonna not gonna you know just blow you out of the water like I would have." And you know, I was feeling good early in the weekend. I felt like I was keeping pace with you pretty well. And then you took that trip to Rubens and Fremont oh, and yeah. just screwed it all up. <laughs> so uh, I did better than I thought. I, I only uh, lost. Uh, ground for five beers uh this week so i'm down 122 total um but uh you know what for all things considering uh you know having you out here drinking all kinds of beers that you can't get your hands on and stuff i'd already logged and Mm -hmm. uh, you know i I think that's that's pretty good yeah
0: yeah well hey
1: and you know what you didn't hold
0: me back because you were feeding me stuff at, you know that you knew you already had that I hadn't had, and you didn't have to do that. You could have fed me stuff that, you know, that was already logged. So, but you, hey, you treat me right. I really, I really, uh, you know, respect you for
1: that. You know, for not. It's a gentleman's uh, game. Yes.
0: You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, excellent, excellent. Well, that kind of uh, covers our noteworthy beers, and uh, there, there were, trust us, there were a lot more. That we could talk about, but we don't want to just bore you with too much of our, you know, make you guys feel bad that we drank all these great beers. So we just leave you those. And we do have a listener question. Now, this is from our buddy Robert at TPS Sponge on Twitter. And it's kind of a question we've, you know, answered for him before. But you know what? Hey, we'll answer it again because I'm sure there's other listeners out there who may have missed that episode or forgot what we talked about. So we'll just go briefly over his question and answer and it's, he asks, hops, how can someone tell or taste their differences? So, John, what is your recommendation for somebody who wants to be able to tell the difference and taste the difference in different hops? Uh, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Uh, I think the, the number one way is to seek out the single hop beers. And when you drink those, just really take note of uh, what you're experiencing, the, how they taste, how they smell, you know, try to associate that with that one hop that's in that beer. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, as you start to drink other beers that have a couple hops, you can start picking out some of that character, uh, to know, Oh, you know, that's, that comes from the Amarillo that's in this beer or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in addition, I mean, you can read up on the hops. I mean, their descriptions and everything, you can find them online. Um, but uh, it's it's a little different uh, tasting how they come across. Um, so I, you know, the reading can be a, a good start, but actually experiencing them in the beer, and if you can single them out um, or get a beer that only has a couple hops in it, um, to try to dissect what that is, mm-hmm. um, I think I think that's the the biggest way to go. Just to, you got to really focus on on what you're you're tasting, so that when you you know doing it later, you it just kind of comes easy that you can kind of pick it out
0: yeah yeah and as we mentioned before just drink lots of beer lots of single hop beers <laughs> that's your homework just drink 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 and yeah that's that, yeah that's pretty much it you can also if you wanted to get I, I don't know i don't think i've i've uh come across like like un you know rock hops before but i don't know if you can really get much out of the out of the what the characteristics are going to give the beer just by s- smelling them outside. I, got, I mean, I, su- I suppose there's a little bit of that. You know, you'll smell a lot of piney stuff, or maybe some citrus, or maybe some of the oils. But I don't think you're really going to get the full gist of it without being cooked in the beer.
1: Yeah, you can get a, a, some sense of it. I mean, if you wanted to go find a homebrew shop and buy some hops, or mm-hmm. you know, rub them between your hands like you see in the commercial, and yeah, smell it. And then uh, wash your hands for an hour because the oils are so sticky that you can't get it off. Um. <laughs> or just lick your fingers. There you go. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you will get some of the character. I mean, uh, you know, we popped open that bag of mosaic when we were brewing, and oh, it, it smelled good. Just yeah. filled the garage was just awesome, awesome aroma. So I mean, you can get some of it, uh, but I think uh, getting it in the beer because. The way that it interacts with the malt and everything else kind of changes the way that it it's perceived, mm-hmm. um, even when you smell it on its own. But you yeah. can get an idea that way.
0: All right. Well, that pretty much
1: sums it up. So, Robert,
0: if you had additional questions on that, hey, you can ask us. We're okay. Maybe we didn't answer exactly what you meant. It was Twitter, so we can only you know you can only fill it in in 140 characters that can be tough sometimes but hey we're always here for you and listeners if you also want to be like Robert and be a part of the show you can provide your questions to us you can ask you know give us your experiences however you want to interact with us you can do that uh, by contacting our show uh, through email at tap at gmail.com or you can do it on Twitter like Robert did at tap the craft and you can also follow us on Facebook and ask your questions there. I know David, our buddy YoJimbo2000, he's always asking his questions on our Facebook page. So feel free to comment and, and ask questions on the Facebook page. So now it's time for our Brew Buzz segment and in uh, this segment we are going to be discussing the inaugural Washington Beer Collaboration Festival. Yes, the first ever Washington Beer Collaboration Festival. Wow. I mean, nobody else has experienced it before we did. Well, maybe the guys that did it on Friday.
1: Yeah, the people that came Friday. <laughs> <they>. <laughs>
0: but but this is something that John and I will hold close to our hearts for the rest of our lives that we were at the first one. If this blows up to something big, like Woodstock or something, we were there. <laughs>
1: That's totally going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So before we start talking about the beer, let's just talk about what this thing is all about. So it was held in Seattle at the South Lake Union Discovery Center on the Grassy Park area. Not not a huge area, but you know what? It was big enough. They had, what, three food trucks in there. They had a bunch of booths. They had 50 brewers and, you know, a bunch of tables and a bunch of toilets. Everything you need. So yeah. I think the size yeah. is okay.
1: And they were prepared for a, a typical Seattle spring, although it wasn't necessary the day we were there. And they had just huge uh, tented area and, uh, and some other tents you could hang out under. Yeah, um, But thankfully, we didn't get the rain uh, that was forecast. So
0: yeah, uh, that was nice. Yeah, that was nice. I thought the weather was perfect. In fact, uh, it, it pretty much held out all the way until that night. And then it started raining after we were heading home. Uh, we We lucked out with the rain, so that was perfect. I think we got back to the hotel and uh, it then it started pouring down rain and i th- I felt we were pretty lucky with that uh, yeah and uh, just so you guys know this this was this last weekend, which was april twenty second and twenty third so uh it you know just want to make sure you guys had a, a time frame of when this thing occurred it like I mentioned, it featured fifty. Washington State breweries that were collaborating on 25 unique original beers that are you know some kind of a collaboration between these two breweries that whatever they want to do is wide open very many different styles different ingredients you know different uh, brew brew types and the uh, it was sponsored of course by the Washington Beer Commission which what the heck is the Washington beer Commission well hey this commission works with a 300, And 19 Washington State breweries. I was amazed at that number, John. You guys have a ton of breweries in your state.
1: Yep. I think it's number uh, two in the country in terms of total. Oh, wow. It's at least top three. Um,
0: Yeah. So that that was pretty impressive. And these are only 50 of the 319. There's a lot more breweries that we didn't get to you know, to participate in this thing. So maybe as it goes on, it will grow and maybe we'll have all 300 breweries at one in the future. Wouldn't that be crazy? Of course, by then it might be 600 breweries. So you never know. <laughs>
1: yeah. But it, the nice thing is because they were all local, there were a lot of actual brewery reps there to talk to yes. um, if you wanted um, to discuss the beer and everything. So it, it was kind of nice. You know, you didn't have people just volunteering to pour. Yeah. Um, although there were a few stations like that, but, Quite a few had uh, actual brewery reps. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I was very impressed with that, that, you know, when the people that work at the brewery are there, that means they really, you know, they want to be there. They want to participate. They want to get the word out about their beer. They felt, you know, very proud of what they created, and they wanted people to try it, and they, you know, wanted to hear comments about it. And the, the one bad thing about it is that some of the brewers, they were a little bit chatty. And so while we're waiting to get our our sample, I'm waiting for him to stop talking. You know, and there's a few of them that were talking, and and I was like, wow, these uh these other participants like myself, they're being a little rude because people want their damn beer. Let us get our beer. Don't be <laughs> taking up our beer time. But you know, I got through it. I I, I kept, kept my cool and didn't lose it on them. But I almost lost it on that one guy that, you know, that second beer we tried. I can't remember what it was uh,
1: Yeah, thankfully the uh. The other guys there noticed and, and waved us around the line. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but, hey, it was pretty cool. But what, what does this Washington Beer Commission do? They actually help promote uh, the, you know, beer production using all local ingredients from the state's agricultural industry, which is fantastic. And we got to see a lot of these different agricultural ingredients, you know, whether it's fruits that are grown in Washington, whether it's the hops of course that are grown in yakima valley of washington or the malts and grains the you know whatever there you know was going on they had uh they're representing that and it was kind of cool that they have a commission that just helps bring all this stuff to uh to the beer industry in in washington state so that's kind of cool Do you you have any other insight on the washington beer commission john that since you you know live there you might have a little bit more
1: insight uh yeah I mean it's actually part of the state government i mean it, it's rolled up underneath the de- department of agriculture okay. so i mean we had a a beer festival thrown by the government and it was great yeah get, you know it's kind of uh it's weird to think of it that way but i mean that's exactly what happened so um yeah it is pretty pretty good and they they do uh probably a half dozen festivals throughout the year um and the, the really big one is in June, the Washington Brewers Festival. All Washington Brewers um from all over the state come in. It's enormous. Uh they've got bands playing all day and all kinds of stuff. Um so uh that's that's the one to hit if you if you want to come in for a an awesome Washington festival. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they do them all throughout the year and it's it's really good. Uh Thanks to the state. Well, so.
0: I will tell you, John, that I will be back for more Washington Beer Commission sponsored festivals. I thought it was well done. Uh, I, I thought they everything. I mean, every. I don't have any complaints at all with the way things were handled, except for, you know, I don't like having to have to go out every two hours to pay expensive parking for the the parking <laughs> meter. But that wasn't their fault. Maybe they can move it out to a little bit uh, more rural area that has parking better parking maybe that would
1: I, don't know. I I got $4 for the day so you know <laughs> it sounds yeah, like a personal issue you, you
0: could you could you could have
1: hooked the brother up with some of that good love
0: there no you sent me out to the expensive parking well you know
1: <laughs> you got to pay your dues yeah okay
0: well now that we got all the background information we told you what the festival was about and who's putting it on and when it was now we're going to we have a few categories we want to talk about now we already told you There were 25 collaboration beers, along with probably two, anywhere from two to four beers that the brewers brought along besides the collaboration. So there was a lot of beer at this festival. You weren't shy on beer. If you wanted to drink every beer there, uh, for one thing, you'd be spending a lot of money. Uh, The second thing is you have to have a big old gut to be able to handle that because there was a ton of beer there. So uh, I think that most people just settled for, you know, maybe if they were lucky, they got 30 samples. I don't know what did you get, John? Did
1: you get thirty? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I think I was somewhere in the fifteen range. Okay, you did good. You did good. I I I held back because uh,
0: you know I still had to you know get myself from there to the next places. So I I was responsible. I drank a lot of water. I limited my samples to I think I had nine or ten samples over the four hour periods, so, and those were only four ounce samples. So I was definitely being responsible uh, beer festival goer. But I did taste uh, from you know a bunch of other people's glasses, but you know, one sip doesn't account for anything. You can't even measure that. So Well, and you were offering sips, it evens out in the And end. I was offering, so it was even. But uh, but yeah, I, I wasn't disappointed at all. I really, really enjoyed it, and I thought the beers were fantastic. Now, remember we're only gonna cover a couple categories, we're only gonna list a couple, you know, a few beers, but overall the experience of the beer was really, really good. So Going Starting from the high note, John, let's talk about the best, in our opinion, the best collaboration beer of the show. Do you have a
1: favorite? I do, and it was the very first beer mm-hmm. that I had, which was the Georgetown and Two Beers collaboration, their, their Juicy Hot Bomb Double IPA. Yes. Uh, and I, I think you may agree with me because I'm pretty sure everyone in our uh, – Nine person group, uh, thought that that was at the top. Oh yeah. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, we started off the festival. The very first beer that we started off ended up being yours and mine favorite collaboration beer of the night, which is crazy. How what how how much? I mean, that's pretty incredible that we both picked the same beer, and it happens to be our both of our favorites of the night on the very first one. Um,
1: yeah, it did. I mean, it did help that it was the closest table to the door. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, true. it was an easy to gravitate right to it. But, uh, but yeah, it was really solid. Um, double IPA with Equinox and Citra. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, the hops just popped out of that thing. It mm-hmm. was tremendous. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nope. I agree. And uh, with that, we don't have to, you know, we can move on to the next category, which again, when we're talking collaborations, there's always going to be things that just seem like they're going to work. And there's going to be things that seem like, wow, that's really odd. So the next category is the strangest collab that actually worked. So John, let's start with you again. What, if you had to pick one of all the samples you had or in the tastes you had, which was the, the strangest collab that you wouldn't have imagined have been as good as it really
1: was. So, uh, I'd put that as the uh, Lazy Boy Brewing and Naked City collaboration, uh, their tapioca tart, mm-hmm. uh, which was a Berliner Weiss uh, that was b- brewed with tapioca pearls and tapioca maltodextrin, Um which I wasn't really sure what that would taste like. <laughs> uh, it turns out it tastes like a really awesome vice. Weiss. Yeah, um, so yeah. I don't know if maybe the tapioca was just covered up. I'm not really that familiar with tapioca in, a, in and of itself. Um, but it was a really nice beer, and uh, I think uh, everybody was kind of surprised on that one as well, um, mm-hmm. how well it, it, it kind of worked. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh yeah, that that would be mine. I mean, it, it was really uh really tart but still really refreshing. So, that's so why I like an uh, Berliner Weiss. I,
0: I I agree. I also had this and I really enjoyed it. Now, a question from the Washington, you know, native here. I've never heard of Lazy Boy or Naked City Brewing. Are these mm-hmm. breweries that you recognize and have had stuff before, and or are these two breweries that you are not very familiar with and now you might want to go ahead and try more stuff from them? Uh,
1: these two I am familiar with and have had their stuff before. Um, I've been to Naked City. They have a tap room uh, in northern Seattle. Um, that's a nice little place. Uh, I've not been to Lazy Boy, but I've had a couple of other beers. They distribute bombers around the area. so
0: Okay. Okay. Well, good to know. Now I need to, uh, you know, add up to my list because I I enjoy that. And whenever I enjoy strange beers, then I know they probably make regular beers pretty good, too. So sounds like good to me. Yeah. So how about you? What's your uh, strangest
1: collab that worked?
0: Okay. So talking about two additional breweries that I am not familiar with. I haven't had any of their stuff from diamond, not craft brewing and scuttlebutt craft brewing. It's the tie me up a tie inspired lager. And I will admit that I didn't have a full sample of this. I, I sampled off of yours, John, and I'll tell you what, uh, this beer worked. And, uh, just to give our listeners a little understanding of what it is. It's, they said they were wanting to represent the light and delicate flavors of Thailand. This beer was brewed with jasmine rice and infused with lemongrass. For one thing, I love lemongrass, so anything with lemongrass is okay. Uh, galango root and kafir lime leaves. The late addition of the hops of Sirachi ace and mosaic and citra impart a bright and welcoming aroma. And I'll tell you what, when I drank this lager, this this is this lager is the perfect addition for when I go eat Thai food because it literally tasted like I was drinking something that I'd be eating in, in Thai restaurant right uh, I think the the combination of those ingredients just put off like a almost like a green tea rice, jasmine rice green tea type uh, flavor in my mind and it just it reminded me of, of Thai food. What about you John? I know you had this one. Uh, this 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 also worked for you, right? You, this is a, a, a strange collab that worked?
1: Yeah, and honestly, had you not picked this one, I would have picked it because uh, it, it was really good. Um, and I may actually be on the hook to try to figure this thing out because <laughs> uh, Kristen's still talking about this beer. I, I think it was her uh, right up there. For her, it was right up there with the, the Juicy Hop Bomb um, in terms of best beer. So uh, I, I might be trying to figure out this this whole Thai thing in a mm-hmm. beer uh, relatively soon okay but- <laughs> all right good that, hey and if you do i'll drink it all right
0: as long as you bottle it and send it to me <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah no, no problem no problem all right so now we just covered the the strangest clubs that actually work well guess what if you have ones that work you know you're gonna have ones that don't work so John, what collab did not work
1: for you? So I, I struggled with this category um, because uh, you know I didn't have anything that was truly bad mm-hmm. um, So I, I'm pu- putting this beer on here because you know it wasn't it wasn't bad but it didn't really jump. From all the other great things that were there that day, uh, but everybody I gave a, a sip to uh, was not a fan. Um, <laughs> and that is the uh, Flying Bike Co-op and uh, Lantern Brewing uh, Creature from the Bog uh, Greenwood Gruit. Um, so a Gruit is basically a beer with, without hops. Uh, so it uses other things to to replace what the hops would give you in a beer um so uh this was uh brewed with stuff that uh might have been gathered up uh around the greenwood area of seattle uh back in the day uh including peat uh juniper branches dandelions rose hips uh and it says perhaps other undisclosed plant derived material Mm. um not not sure what uh that that would entail and not sure that i want to know um but uh you know it it, it well, I didn't think this beer was bad I, I i think you know it was different enough that it it probably just threw people off um i mean there was nothing else like this there um and you know you don't come across Gruets ever mm-hmm. so you know it, it's it's really far off of people's radar it uh it was a little sweet um which you know maybe you expect from uh, something made without hops, but I thought it had some nice floral character to it um but uh you know it among th- uh the rest of the offerings it it certainly didn't jump off the page yeah you know it, it was such great stuff that uh it was it's tough for for something like this to to pop without just being um perfect in you know every regard so uh yeah I think that'd be mine um <laughs> but uh yeah, how about you what What didn't work for you?
0: well, um I had written down something else, but I believe I mistakenly wrote the other thing because I think your beer was the one that I didn't like either uh because this is the one that you gave me, and I had that face is that right degree yeah, okay, so the groove yeah. is what i I was thinking it was the the collaboration between Ghostfish and Seattle Cider that made a Graf beer, which is a gluten-free beer-cider hybrid. But now that I read that, you know, John just explained what was in this one, I remembered that that was the one that I tried, that I instantly was like, that was not working for me. So I guess, John, I guess we are tied again with two of the same,
1: uh, the, the two that we liked
0: and the two that we didn't
1: like. So, uh, so. What we're really saying is that we could have uh, shortened this up because we, we probably would have picked the same thing for all, all three of these categories. True, true, <laughs> true. All right. Well,
0: hey, there you go. Uh, the the Gru, it's not for everyone. Uh, John liked it more than me. I didn't like it at all, so I would have definitely rated it like a zero in my in my book. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, I couldn't think of any other categories to Put in here. So I just wanted to give uh, uh, John and I both the opportunity to mention other uh, worthy collaborations that you know I couldn't figure out how to categorize. So John, um, were there uh, any other collaboration beers that you just want to give a nod to to our listeners so that if it comes into their area they can go ahead and pick it up and try? Uh,
1: So I'm going to give another nod. I I mentioned this. uh, episode or two back, but the, the Bale Breaker and Ruben's, uh, collaboration IPL. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, really solid beer. I think it was right up there for a lot of people. Um, and it was uh, awesome for me to get more information on the beer, you know, cause they, they give you a little program with all the beers and descriptions. And, um, this thing has a more than four pounds of hops per barrel, mm. which is a lot. And, uh, even with all that going on, it, it doesn't come across as muddled.
0: No, um, no. you
1: know, it's really bright, really good. And I'm hoping that, you know, they, they do this one again. Cause it, it was, it was awesome. Um, and then the other one I'll mention, uh, is the collaboration between, uh, Chuckanut and Red Hook. Mm-hmm. And Chuckanut does some of the best loggers, mm-hmm. uh, that you'll ever have. um, and so they they put that into play here with uh, a roush hellas uh, which is a, a smoked hellas, mm-hmm. um, which I really enjoyed. I thought the smoke was a great level, um, and uh, it, it just really worked for me. Um, and you know, smoke is something that I'm really finicky about because uh, it's really easy to have too much. Um, but th- this thing just just hit it on the head and and was. Awesome, so I think that that'd be my uh, my uh, you know honorable mention okay. uh, beer. All right,
0: well for me it was all about the tartness. Yeah, bring on the gozas, bring on the tart stuff. I'm I I was digging it, and there were quite a few offerings at this festival, both collaborations and regular beers. They were all really good, but. The ones I want to mention is the first one is from Iron Goat and Everybody's Brewing. They they uh, created the Everybody's Iron Goat Goza, and uh, I really enjoyed this one. It was, uh, you know, it has uh, it says it's a goza finished with fresh lemon peel. Again, anything with lemon, lemongrass, lemon peel, I, I'm gonna dig it. I, I thought that was it was pretty good. The other one was from Postdoc and Resonant. Uh, brewing, and it was the Blackberry Going, Going, Goza. And uh, this one was fantastic. I really liked the the Blackberry in it. It was, you know, wasn't too sweet. It had, uh, you know, nice flavor that wasn't overpowering and, and it had a tartness, and uh, I really loved
1: it. Uh, yeah, that one was really nice, and, and you got to walk around with a pink glass for a while, which yeah, is always fun. Yeah, it's always fun. <laughs> uh,
0: again, I don't mind pink. pink. Pink is, you know, uh, it's not too bad. And then there was one uh, beer that was n- a non collab that was also a very high rating for me that I, I thoroughly enjoyed. It was from the normally very hop forward, hoppy beer brewery in Yakima, uh, Bellbreaker. And this was the Bellbreaker Dormancy Imperial Stout. And I'll tell you what. It was everything I love in an Imperial Stout. Another five capper rating and untapped for me. Uh it was fantastic. I loved it. I know that you know there was some disagreements between me, John, and some other guys that thought maybe there was another stout that was uh you know a little bit better, but nah, this was this was my choice. I went with the the true strong imperial stout. <laughs>
1: Yeah, a lot of people like that one as well. The, there was a milk stout that was also popular, uh, which is what Danny's referencing. Mm-hmm. That was really well done as well. But, it, uh, it, it was yeah. good, yeah. The, the milk stout was good
0: too, and, and that's coming from a guy that doesn't necessarily like all milk stouts. I thought that that milk stout was good, so I'll give an honorable mention to that one for you, John.
1: <laughs> well, good. All
0: right. all right, John, is there anything else you want to mention about our beer festival this weekend?
1: Um, not really. I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, just goes to show you got a good group of friends and, uh, you know, some nice beer. It's really easy to have a, a good, good Saturday. That's, so that's it, right. It was really, really fun. I enjoyed it. So. Excellent.
0: So John, that's two beer festivals we've gone to in less than a, a year, in like six months. That's right. So, Hey, we're on a roll. We're on a roll.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll need to figure out something else for the fall.
0: That's right. Well, <laughs> Maybe another pumpkin beer festival. Okay, want we'll to see see how I can work it into my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well that's it for our Brew Buzz segment. But uh, before we move on to our next segment, we just want to give a little bit of a plug to our our friends over at Open Forum Radio Network. We want to thank them for supporting the show. They provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com and if you enjoy the content that John and I put out then we believe that you will find more great content from some of the other great shows offered and here are just a few Hey you, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John Now I know you're a crafty consumer and if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out openformradio.com. We house such podcasts as OpenForm Radio Proper, The 40 Cast Geeks for the Win, I recommend Just Press Start The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. Okay, well now it's time for our news article section and I have a, a, one news item we'll just mention and then one article we'll talk about. The The item I'll mention first is just for your guys' information. I think John and I have have, have really hammered this topic into the ground. I don't want to talk about it anymore but I just want to let you guys know that AB Invev, yes, they acquired another craft brewery. They acquired Devil's Backbone in Virginia and... Uh, yeah, I just want to say that that's what's happened. If you never heard of them, then you're probably on the West Coast. Uh, but they, I, I have had their beers in Virginia, and they do make some, some tasty beverages over there. So now those beverages will belong to AB InBev, and maybe I'll be able to get them out here. So it's maybe it's a win for me. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Time will tell. Yeah. So that's just the information. But our news article, or the article that we're going to talk about, not necessarily news, but more be just maybe just fun stuff that you guys want to go find for yourselves, is uh, fifteen coffee beers you're going to want to try. And this is off of the Craftbeer.com website, which is the uh, um, Brewers Association. Is that I always forget who owns the site? Is that Brewers Association? Yes. Okay. And they have an article that uh, lists, in, you know, their opinion, the 15 coffee beers you must try. And they also, it's a nice article. We'll link, we'll link it to our show notes so you can go ahead and click it or, you know, go to it and uh, read it for yourself. We're not going to go into detail about it. But it does talk about the processes of um, getting coffee into the beer and getting that aroma, getting that flavor uh, into the beer and, John, you are probably more familiar with this, you know, you know a few ways, but I know they talk about the cold brew way and then some new Icon Blue method. Uh, you, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have any background on either of those methods of, of putting coffee into your beer? Uh,
1: I've only put whole beans into my beer. Oh, only whole um, beans, Okay. I know uh, one of the uh, beers. I was talking to one of the brewers at the festival. They do the cold brew method. They feel they can control it better, Mm -hmm. um, which is basically just a cold steep beans and water, and add that to, you know, just like cold brew that you'd make to drink at home. Mm -hmm. um, Add dose that into the beer uh, because you can add a little bit, see how it is, and add a little bit more if you need it. but uh, the Icon Blue, I think, is actually a, a beer, not a method.
0: Um, oh, okay. Oh, but the, they a, they a just beer use a bunch using. of
1: espresso beans. Um. So.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's one of the ones they mentioned is is the Icon Blue from St. Arnold Brewing uh, in Houston, Texas. And yeah, they say they add freshly roasted, coarsely ground coffee beans to the fermenter after the beer is finished fermenting. And is cold crashed? What does it yeah, mean? Yeah, it just cold means crash? they
1: uh, <laughs> drop the temperature of the of the fermenter oh, okay. and take it down to like uh, basically serving temperature.
0: Okay. Okay. It says that uh, the Icon Blue uses forty five pounds of espresso beans, which contributes to the beer's balance of chocolate, roast, and coffee flavors, and the uh, pleasant uh, roasted aroma is a mix of chocolate, coffee, and mocha. Also, so. Hey that sounds pretty good. Have you have you had this Icon beer, John? Have you tried that?
1: I have not had that one. Oh. Um I don't think we get St. Arnold here. So Yeah, I never even heard of St. Arnold, so I don't I don't get it here either, but maybe when I visit
0: Texas again, I'll have to look for that beer. That looks good. And maybe Wes
1: maybe he can get it in in his travels or neck of the woods. Never know. Yeah, he's he's got a task now. Even if he can't Hey, go to Texas. Get us some.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they also mentioned the hardwired coffee Porter nitro from left hand brewing. I, I get some left hand here. Uh, I haven't had this beer. Have you had the ha- hardwired coffee Porter nitro?
1: I have, uh, I think it just was just released, uh, earlier this year. Um, so I was able to snag a bottle. Uh, it was really nice. Uh, it, uh, Tastes like uh, coffee and cream, um, hmm. and uh, it didn't have much of a coffee aroma. But that might be more due to the nitro than anything. You know, nitro kind of strips a lot of the aroma because it doesn't really jump out of the glass. Uh, okay, like, like normal CO2. But yeah, it was a really nice beer.
0: Okay, so now they they've broken these uh, beers. There's three categories, five each. They have stouts and porters, IPAs and pales and Kolsch blondes and pels. Now I, I love having these. Variety of coffee beers, so I'm very interested in the different styles. I'm used to seeing coffee in stouts and porters Uh, We've already mentioned the Hardwire Nitro and the Icon Blue. There's also the Expressway cold brew coffee stout by Two Roads Brewing out of Stafford or Stratford, Connecticut Um, Okay, that's something remember when I get over to Virginia, maybe I have to find that one if it's available There's also the Son of a Baptist coffee stout with cocoa nibs from epic Brewing and that's in Salt Lake and Denver now son of a bass Baptist is new um, the one that uh, that uh, the big bad Baptist is the one that I normally have but it doesn't have coffee it, I don't think so maybe this is the one that they add uh, coffee to
1: it yeah maybe this will make it our way
0: yeah yeah I'm waiting for it to come to my area I definitely get I get a ton of epic I love epic it's my favorite you, I mentioned it before. It's my favorite Utah brewery, and I brought you an epic beer to try too, John. Remember that? That yes. That sour IPA, which is which I really liked. It was pretty good. Uh, also, the one I have had, and I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed this one, and I recommend our listeners that most likely you can find it in your area, the, the Stone Americano Stout. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that one. You had that one too, right, John? The Americano. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah that was really good.
0: Yeah, I thought it was well done. It had a nice coffee aroma, nice coffee flavor, not too bitter. It was a perfect blend. 12-ounce uh, bottles. You don't need to drink a 22-ounce when you do it. You can you can have a nice smaller sample so you're not up all night, you know, mm. wired. Uh, so, yeah, I recommend that one for sure. That's, that's one that I have had that I can recommend. Next in the IPAs and pales, they have the Coffee Dale. It's from Claremont Craft Dale out of Claremont, California. Never had that one. I don't know what. What kind of beer it is, but either probably nope. IPA or Pell, one of those. The also there's the Moirai Coffee IPA from Fate Brewing, Boulder, Colorado. There's the Cold Brew IPA from Rogue in Newport, Oregon.
1: I've had that one; is really good. Is it and good? I think I, yeah, I think I gave it uh, four caps. So okay, um, yeah, is it? I, h- I enjoyed that. How does it compare to the
0: uh, J- uh, Java? the one java from the hop.
1: java hop yeah uh just, it's been a while since i've had the java the hop um but uh from my memory of it this one is a little smoother
0: okay um
1: uh which which is really nice and i think they uh i think the cold brew method probably works really well when you're doing it with the ipa because it you know you you could run into some problems uh Clashing because coffee can be aggressive, hops can be aggressive, and I know cold brew tends to mellow it out a little bit. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, this was a really pleasant beer.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll need to try to f- find that way. I do get rogue here. I, I uh, If I see it, I'll pick up a bottle because of your recommendation. There's also the Cranken Brew from Snowbank Brewing out of Fort Collins, Colorado. I've never heard of Snowbank Brewing, but you know what? There's probably a lot of breweries in. The Colorado area that I haven't heard of that I need to go visit—it's not that far. It's ten hour. It's the same distance that I just drove to your place. I could go to Colorado next. Maybe go visit Alex. Hi, a Kiddo. Go. And uh, we can go brewery hopping.
1: Yeah, I've hopped around Fort Collins a couple times, but I'm not familiar with Snowbank, um, okay. so they might be relatively new. Okay,
0: hey, it's something I—it's on my list now. And the last one is the Exit 15 Coffee IPA from Flying Fish Brewing Company out of Somerdale, New Jersey. Again, never heard of Flying Fish, but Exit 15. Yeah. Is that Exit 15 You know, going to a rest area? <laughs> Did you drink too much coffee IPA? Yeah, who knows? You know, that, that's a problem, right? Because coffee and beer are both bladder irritants. So they're going to, you know, not a combination of both. You're really going to have an itchy bladder that wants to, like, you know, get rid of that urine as fast as possible. So this, I don't know, this might not be a good combination
1: <laughs>
0: for for us older bladder-impaired individuals. Okay, so now the Kolsch Blondes and, and more Pales. Weird. I don't know why they have Kolsch Blondes and Pales in here. Again, they have Pales again. But they have the Bean Flicker Blonde from Odd Side L's. I kind of like that name, huh? Well, that's a great name. Yeah, that's awesome. The Bean Flicker.
1: <laughs>
0: we got dirty minds. You know that. Oh, yeah, but... So do the people that name that beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's from Grand Haven, Michigan. So uh, our good buddies over at the Post Podcast go out there and get some of that uh, Bean Flicker Blonde odd side L's, please. Uh, if you guys, uh, you know, can. Sample it. Give us a little tasting notes of it. That'd be great. Maybe even on your Battle, battle of the beers. beers. I know. I'm missing that. I want more. You gave us two in a row and then nothing. Come on. Don't, don't do that to me.
1: A tease.
0: Yeah. You're teasing me. <laughs> now, here's one that, uh, you know, I don't know if I've had a, a blonde coffee beer. and I know I haven't had a coffee Kolsch. This is called the Coffee Kolsch from Old Forge Brewing in Danville, PA. So I wonder
1: if Wes has had some of that. I don't know. But I think it'd be similar to doing it to a blonde. I mean, they're both really light, you know. Yeah, they're both light, but so. the blondes
0: usually, I mean, uh, uh, the Coles can be a little bit more bitter, so I don't know if there's going to be a more bitter coffee than the blonde. I don't know. I'll try it. I'm willing to try it. agree. Uh, now the next one is, I, 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 it's called Cream, but C-R-E-A-M. And it's from Six Point Brewing out of Brooklyn, New York. I don't know what that stands for.
1: I don't know either. Yeah. I've but- had some Six Point beers, but not that one. Okay.
0: I've, I've had Six Point also, but not that one. Uh, the next one is the Morning Joe Coffee Kolsch, another Kolsch. Kolsch is a style that they're in, starting to do now. From Banger Brewing in Vegas, Las Vegas, Nevada. And the last one is revved up coffee blonde from Upland Brewing Co- Company in uh, Indiana. So that, there you go. Hey, if you guys enjoy coffee in your beers, go try out the fifteen beers you must
1: try, rated by the Craft Brewers Association. Yeah. And if you're in Seattle, stop by my house because I've got one too.
0: That's true. You know what? They didn't have John's awesome. What was yours called? The, the P-Dub Wired or Wired P-Dub?
1: Wired P-Dub. Yeah, wired Coffee Vinyl no Stout.
0: Man, that beer was fantastic. I, I give two thumbs up, five cap rating. I think I gave it a five cap in untapped. If I even, did I even log that one? I may mean, not even logged it. But you know what? If I didn't, I'm going to log it and I'm going to give you five caps, John, because that was a fantastic beer. Thank you. And it should have been on the list. Damn it. (laughs) Okay, John, it is that time of the show. We have run past our hour mark and now it's time to give, raise our glass and give a toast to our friends out there. Is there anyone or any ones you'd like to toast tonight?
1: Uh, I just want to thank everybody that reached out with the birthday. Well wishes. I appreciate it. Uh, good times were had by all and, uh, it was a good year now on to the next one, so uh thank you everybody yeah cheers cheers
0: okay well then I'll go on i, I did I forgot to put this in there, but I want to just mention uh, our buddy Robert at TPS sponge on Twitter he did a uh, a posting of when he found out that John had a bourbon barrel he said, oh, you should put some of the loose cannon in there and he he made a <laughs> yeah. he made a a, a a picture meme kind of thing where he had four pictures of me. Uh, all he stole from Twitter, which is fine. It's public domain. You can have whatever. You can, you can do what he wants. But he put in uh, after having a bourbon barrel loose cannon. This is what you your face looks like with no sips. You I have a it's me a picture of me with with a clean shaven face. Then with one sip, it's me with a a, a, a short cut beard. Then two sips, it's me with a little bit longer medium cut beard. And then three sh- sips, then I've got my full beard from this weekend when I was there sporting my, my big beard at, in Seattle. So I got a good chuckle out of that. I really thought that was well done. Thank you, Robert. That's, that's a toast, a cheers to you for your creativity. You are way more creative than I am. And, uh, hey, that's why we love you.
1: Yeah, that was good. Got, got quite a chuckle. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I, I also needed to do a big toast to my son for being a trooper, driving all that way to Seattle, Enduring all that beer that he had to drink just because his dad makes him drink beer. No, not really. I don't. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, and uh, you know he, he had a great time. We got to visit you know breweries and and uh, he's yeah he started using Untapped. So uh, check yeah. check out my friends list. Add my son Zach L and uh, check out what he's drinking. See he's he's new to craft beer. And he's new to Untap, so go out there and give him a a toast or two and uh, say, hey, good job. And, of course, I cannot leave out the new friends I met when I visited John and went to that uh, festival. Uh, I I need to do a toast to Rob, Scott, and Matt. I know they'll never hear this episode, but it's okay. Uh, Great times, good people, uh, good conversations and laughs. I really enjoyed our time. Those are just the new guys. There's there's still the ones that, you know, that I've already partied with before. So you know who you are, if you're listening, Amanda and Pete. (laughs) There you go. I shouted them all out and, and Rose big, a big, big old toast to everyone. And last but not least, I can't leave out all my servicemen and women out there serving in the armed forces, especially all those submariners, especially because Right there across the sound in the Banger sub-base is a sub-base where I was stationed for so many years. I just got to raise my glass to all you guys out there protecting our freedoms. Thank you. I really, really appreciate all that you do for our freedoms. And you know what? If you guys like what John and I do every two weeks, we would love to have your beer. We'd love to have your money. But we don't need it. But we need or would really appreciate is if you just took a few minutes to go and leave us an iTunes reviews just helps the show get out there to more people. Thanks. Just so you guys uh, are prepared for the next episode for our tasting notes segment, we are going to go back to the old fashioned pale L. We're going to be drinking the Deschutes mere pond pale L. So go out and grab a bottle or six and taste along with us in episode 47. You can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in our show notes, which are located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And John,
1: how can listeners follow you? On Twitter, at Prime Brewing, on tap Prime WA, and uh, you can check out my homebrew blog at homebrewengineer.com. i got some conical stuff up, uh, another one coming, and soon I'll have some barrel info. So stay tuned. Excellent. Go, go check it out. Well,
0: all right. It's last call, and it's time to bring our show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show, and we ask you to please subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn Radio and even now Google Play. Yes, we are live on Google Play. So hit that subscribe button and get us in your airs every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.